church, our Lord said, why are you persecuting me? So Christ is still on the cross. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. You're listening to Behold the Man with your host, Joe McLean. Hola, buenos dias, que tal? Welcome back to Behold the Man. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's great to be back with you again today. Well, today on this very great and wonderful Easter day, we have a, a an interesting program lined up for you. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of when I mocked our Lord, when I spat upon him, when I scourged his body, when I crowned him with thorns, when I nailed him to the tree and I watched him die in anguish. And then I realized death could not hold him, for he came forth from the grave. By the grace of God, he forgave even me. So let's get started. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Was I not Peter? I mean, I remember it so well. It was the feast of Passover. The master spoke of his hour again, saying that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. I mean, his sense of purpose was so clear. Just then, during the Passover, he rose from the supper, laid aside his garments and girded himself with a towel. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash our feet, to wipe them with the very towel wrapped around him. I sat there thinking, Lord, do you not remember? I fell down at your knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. But when it was my turn, when he came to me, I said, Lord, do not wash my feet. And Jesus answered me, What I am doing you do not know now. But afterward, you will understand. No, Lord, no, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered me, If I do not wash you, you have no part in me. No part, my Lord? I desire to serve you all the days of my life. I desire no share of this promised land, only to serve you and the house of your Father. Lord, not my feet only but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to me, He who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but he is clean all over, and you are clean, but not every one of you. When he, when he had washed our feet and, and taken his garments and resumed his place at the table, he said to us, I know whom I have chosen. It is that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I tell you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who receives any one whom I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had thus spoken, he was troubled in spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Betray you, my Lord? Never. Who? Which one of us will betray you? John. John was closest to our Lord that night. So I asked him, Tell us, 
Who is it of whom he speaks? So lying thus close to the breast of Jesus, he said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered him, It is he to whom I shall give this morsel when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after the morsel, Satan entered into Judas. And Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. So after receiving the morsel, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and in him God is glorified. That's when the third cup was mixed, the barakah, the cup of blessing, wine mingled with water. Then Jesus, standing in the place of the Father at the meal, said, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I shall not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, saying over the cup, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Then he said, Take this and divide it among yourself. For I tell you that from now on I shall not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, sang over the bread, Blessed are you, Lord God, who brings forth bread from the earth. He broke it and gave it to us, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after supper, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. My ears must have betrayed me. Did you hear what he said? The new covenant, my Lord. Are we twelve priests, which Moses set on twelve pillars to offer sacrifice for the people? Are we really to pour out your blood, to offer your body? Are we to take and eat this flesh? Drink this blood? My Lord, is this what you meant in Capernaum when you said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. My Lord, surely, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus turned and said to us, You are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I assign to you, as my Father assigned to me, a kingdom, that you might eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he turned to me and said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail, and when you have returned again, strengthen your brethren. Satan has demanded to sift me? Again, I was stunned at the very sound of such a thing. I will not betray you. In fact, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. What he said to me next broke my heart. 
I tell you, Peter, the crock the cock will not crow this day until you three times deny that you know me. How I suffered to hear this from my master, whom I love, whom I have given everything to follow. Did he not make me his chief steward? Am I not to strengthen the others? How can I lead them when I will fail him, him who loves us so? It was with a heavy heart that I mixed that fourth cup and we sang the great Hallel. But he didn't drink it. It seemed so strange to interrupt the Passover. Why not drink the last cup, my lord? The cup of consummation. What could this mean? Instead, he rose and we all left to cross the Kidron Valley, just like King David did so many years ago, going up the ascent of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went, barefoot with his head covered. So we too went weeping, out, to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to us, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. We entered the garden where he liked to come and pray in solitude. He said to us, Sit here while I go yonder and pray. I recall how strange his behavior was becoming the further we got into the garden. James, John, and I followed him, watching carefully every move. And he said to us, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. I can't explain it. The more I tried to watch and pray, the more I became weary. I don't know what came over me, but the urge to close my eyes was so great. There was something stirring in the air that night, and we knew something big was about to happen, but we didn't fully understand. He was offering up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard for his godly fear. The shame that I felt when I was awoken by him, saying to me, So you could not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot pass unless I drink it, thy will be done. And again he came and found us sleeping, for our eyes were heavy. So leaving us, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the words, A third time we could not resist the draw to sleep. It was as if we had no control. Something was tempting us, pulling us to sleep, and we could not resist. Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners." Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Then we looked and saw the horde coming along the path with torches, swords, and clubs. There was Judas leading them. I was so confused. Why was he leading this crowd to this of all places at this time of night? Was this why he left the Passover? What was he up to? Like David, who was betrayed by Ahithophel. So Judas betrays our Lord. 
Was I not Judas? I made the deal with Caiaphas and the chief priests, thirty pieces of silver. I just needed to lead them to where Jesus would be. I had given them a signal so they would know which one Jesus was. The one I shall kiss is the man. Seize him. So I came up to Jesus at once and said, Hail, Master! And I kissed him. I don't know why, but at that very moment I was recalling the time in Capernaum when he went on and on about his flesh and blood being the new manna come down from heaven like he was the prophet Moses promised would come. This was too much to bear. We are forbidden to eat the flesh of man and drink the blood of anything. Does he not know the law? My heart grew even harder when he turned and said to us, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of me, Judas, the son of Simon, the Iscariot, for I, one of his twelve, was going to betray him. The devil, really? I'll show you the devil, for truly he who ate your bread has lifted his heel against you. But Jesus said to me, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? The look in his eyes, the, the pain he felt for me at that very moment, it pierced my heart. I expected his judgment for my betrayal. I wanted his wrath. But I was not ready for his anguish over my sin. I could see it in his eyes, and yet he didn't even say a word. What did I do? I've betrayed the Son of Man. I have given over my master. I am doomed. How will there ever be forgiveness for me? I have sent our Lord to die on Calvary. I have become Ahithophel. So I went off to my own city and set my house in order and hanged myself. And I died and I was buried in the tomb of my father. Was I not Caiaphas? So my officer seized Jesus and brought him bound to Annas first, and then to me. I had worked too hard to be named high priest that year to allow some backwoods Messiah from Nazareth to ruin it for me. Did he not think that I wouldn't notice that all that he was doing, appointing the three, the twelve, and the seventy? So he wants a new Moses, does he? Set up new elders, new princes, a new priesthood with a new Sanhedrin? He'll take away my authority and give it to another nation who will bear its fruits, will he? Well, we'll see about that. I have the power of Rome on my side. What do you have? The prostitutes? The tax collectors? Sinners, all of them. It was I who had given counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. When they arrived with the accused, I knew John followed him. His family is close to mine, and I noticed how he brought in the one called Kepha to watch the proceedings. Can you imagine the audacity of this man Jesus to name him as chief steward, as if he were another King David, and to name him Kepha of all names, a name for God himself, blasphemous. This Kepha stayed outside near the fire. The maid who kept the door said to Kepha, are not you also one of this man's disciples? He said, I am not. I then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teachings. Jesus answered me, I have spoken openly to the world. 
I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where all Jews come together. I have said nothing secretly. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. Now Kepha was standing and warming himself, and they said to him, Are not you also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, uh, I am not. One of my servants, a kinsman of the man whose ear Kepha had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once the cock crowed. I called witnesses to testify against Jesus. He's possessed by the devil, they shouted. He called for the destruction of the temple, they proclaimed. But he didn't say a word. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. Nothing was working. I needed him to condemn himself if I was going to have my way with him. I am the high priest. He must obey. I adjure you, by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to me, You have said so. But I tell you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. That was it. This is what I was waiting for. I could not have even paid for a better confession. I shouted, He has uttered blasphemy. Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spat in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? As they carried him away, I remembered how, just a few days earlier, he rode into Jerusalem on an ass, right up to the temple, causing an uproar in the court of the Gentiles, healing and giving sight to the blind, and restoring the withered hands. My heart sank as I recalled the words from the prophet Zechariah, Woe to my worthless shepherd who deserts the flock. Let his arm be wholly withered, his right eye utterly blinded. What have I done? Was I not Pontius Pilate? Caiaphas was having the one called Jesus brought to me early the morning on the day of preparation of their Passover feast. Caiaphas had been scheming for some time now to put this one to death. He didn't like the competition. What do I care of the Jewish prophecies about the Messiah? Rome wants peace, and I intend to give it to them at any cost. So I went out to them, and I said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered me, If this man were not an evildoer, would we have not handed him over? I said to them, Take him yourself and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to me, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. Death? You want me to kill this man for you? The audacity of Caiaphas to come here and put me in the middle of this mess. I had Jesus brought into my praetorium, and I questioned him. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered. Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it? To you about me? I answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, my servants would fight that I might not be handed over to the Jews. But my kingship is not from the world. I said to him, So you are a king? 
And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Every one who is of the truth hears my voice. I said to him, What is truth? After I said this, I went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no crime in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. Will you have me release for you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. How ironic, I thought. Here is the one who claims to be the Son of God, their own Redeemer and Savior, and yet they call instead for the release of Barabbas, or literally, the Son of the Father. One who is guilty of murder and theft, and yet the other is about to be himself murdered, his very life stolen from him. How ironic! My wife begged me to have no part in this man, but my hands are tied. I ordered him scourged. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe as a king. And they came up to him, saying, Hail, king of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. I went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no crime in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. I said to them, Behold, the man! When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! I said to them, Take him yourself and crucify him, for I find no crime in him. Upon this I sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king sets himself against Caesar. When I heard these words, I brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at the place called the pavement. At the sixth hour I proclaimed to all the Jews, Behold your king! And they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! I said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then I handed him over to be crucified. Was I not the centurion? Pilate handed the prisoner over to me, and I ordered him to be crucified. I had his cross placed upon him and marched him out to Calvary. It was remarkable. Do you have any idea how many I have scourged, beaten, and crucified for Rome? Too many. Yet this one was different than all the rest. Not once did he curse me. Not once did he revile me. He seemed to long for death. Like none other that I have ever seen, this one was eager for Calvary. There I crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. After hanging him on the tree, I had the title which Pilate had written posted above him. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The sight of this man was more than most could bear, his flesh torn and tattered like a discarded rag the blood drenching his beard from the crown we placed on his head. Hanging there, he was slowly drowning in his own fluids. I was sure to nail through the most sensitive parts of his hands and feet. The only way for him to speak was to pull himself up on those nails, enduring the most horrendous pain one can imagine. Yet the thief to his left was so willing to endure this pain to spew curses at Jesus. Imagine that! But Jesus, he didn't curse. He forgave. 
He didn't seek vengeance. Rather, he endured the nails I placed to ensure his mother was provided for. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was finished, he said, I thirst. A bowl of vinegar stood there. So he put a sponge full of the vinegar on hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The one called John, who took his mother, spoke out, The fourth cup, he has completed the Passover. It is consummated. And we came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when I came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, I did not break his legs, but I pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. Just then I heard a Jew quoting from one of their prophets, saying, On that day living water shall flow out from Jerusalem, and the Lord will become king over all the earth. And on that day the Lord will be one, and his name one. I was filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Was I not St. Paul? I sent him to his death, but death could not hold him. Instead, like a blinding light, he came to me, throwing me from the pride of my position and rolled back the scales from my eyes. If only I could convince you of what I myself had seen, maybe then you would have faith. Oh, foolish Christians, who has, be who has bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of all the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. It was my sin that sent Jesus on his journey to Jerusalem to suffer, die, and be buried that day. It was my betrayal, my scheming, my cowardice, every lust of my heart, every selfish, hate-filled, covetous, and greedy action. I turned my back to God. I scourged him. I spat upon him. I mocked him. I derided him. I nailed him to the tree and cried out, Crucify him! And he died because of me. And yet it was the grace of God that raised him from the dead just for me. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we are now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience many will be made righteous.
Was not I one of the disciples on the road that Easter day? We said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while we talked to us, while he walked with us on the road and opened the scriptures? And we rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and we found the eleven gathered together, and those who were with them, who said, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then we told what had happened on the road, and how he was made known to us in the breaking of the bread. As we were saying this, Jesus himself stood amongst us. I sent him to the cross. I entered with him into the grave through the waters of the sacrament of baptism. By the grace of God, he comes out of that tomb on Easter Sunday, bringing light to the dark world, forgiving even me, a sinner. And through the sacrament of the Eucharist, the thanksgiving offering, the body, blood, soul, and divinity, I can enjoy communion with the God who came down and tabernacled amongst us. This Easter, I want you to place yourself in the gospel, in the good news. Take ownership for what you've done, but then praise God for being forgiven. Until next time, may God richly bless you. From the Catholic Underground. Based on digital.